0: Boker okay, Tov we continue on the Gemara Aleph. we have more stories to tell you about excommunications and hopefully today will be the last day of the topic and we'll move back into uh, more familiar territory Also a certain man came by and was eating figs from a from a fig tree without permission, he's really stealing, okay? As you'll see. Rama Bey Kola, Ooh, one, one second, I'm sorry, I skipped, I'm sorry, I, 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 I skipped the first line, I'm sorry. Resh lakish was once guarding an orchard. Now, also, so a guys coming by and he's stealing, he's eating the grapes. So, Ramabe Kola. So, Reish Lakish screams to, you know, as, as, uh, for the stealing. Say, hey, that's not yours. Don't steal. And the guy didn't pay attention. Just, doesn't say anything. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. Nothing. So, right. Lakish. Not going to take that. Rish Lakish says, let that man be a state in excommunication. So it's very interesting. Reish Lakish is like, whoa, he's like a godlador. door he's, he's watching really somebody's field. Well, maybe he had to do a favor. You know, you found you find stories with the Baal Shem Tov and people like that that didn't come to miss Nikila the because they had to watch a baby that the mother left behind. Right, that's the famous story. Mother went out to put the kid to bed. She was a widow. She went to. Uh, Davin and as the Baal Shem Tov is coming to Shuli, here's a baby crying. He goes in and sees the baby's crying. Nobody's in the house. So he watched the baby. Didn't come to Neela. So, you know, so if Baal Shem Tov could do that, so I guess Rish Lakish could maybe do someone a favor and watch his field. These rabbis never felt anything was beneath their dignity. Anyway, so too bad this Ghanif was messing with the wrong person. Lakish, and he puts him in an excommunication. Huh, but look how the script gets flipped. So the Ganav says, Ad rabba, the opposite. You, Rish Lakish, you should be in excommunication. What? He said like this, Okay, what did I do wrong exactly? Let's peer this down. What did I, I stole? He said, I stole. Okay, so if you steal, what do you got to do? Pay back. If I owe you money for taking the figs, am I applied to be excommunicated? Now, of course, excommunications are done over monetary issues, but the guy says, first sue me in court, take me to court, ask for the money, and I'll pay the money back. What's this excommunication? And that was the end of their argument. I excommunicate you, you excommunicate me. What's going to go? So, us, Major Asha, Sarish Lakish, come finally after helping the guy out. He comes to the base, medrash and hey, what a day I have today. And he discusses the whole thing. And he asks his colleague, So, what do you say? Listen to this. the rabbi said to him, Shalom Nidui, his excommunication is valid. Shall Ena yours is not valid. Why? Uh, because Reish Lakish had illegally excommunicated the guy, and therefore he deserves excommunication. In other words, if you you got it's you know what it's like yeah, sure. in football when uh, the coach of the team challenges a call, yeah. and they and they throws the flag down or whatever and they challenge and if the challenge is good, oh, okay. then fine. If not, he gets a fine a, a timeout. In other words, you got to, if you want to go and, and challenge someone, you better be doing it the right way. So, you know, you, you, he should have gone to court. No one excommunicate the guy. Whoa. So it seems that like any Joe Blow can excommunicate somebody if they got legal recourse. So you got to be careful. So now... This guy, you knew that already. Yeah. Didn't jump the gun to yeah. the, Okay, so... Well, I guess he felt he felt it was necessary to be forceful and they said not to be. Okay, so now the thing is Takate. so now what can I do? What's the remedy for this? How do I get out of the, the, the shamta from that guy? So they said, No problem, Zilla you shall go to him and ask him to release you. He says, listen, man, Loia Donnelly, I don't know who the guy is. He's a random stranger. It might, might have been a homeless guy. Face, I don't know. So he said, i um, they said, if that's the case, then go to the Nasi and have and request that he releases you. If someone excommunicated a person and the person doesn't know who excommunicated him, Yelech Eitzel Nossi, go to the Nossi, and he'll release the band from you. I just find it kind of crazy that a, a maidservant and, and a stranger can just sort of say, I excommunicate you, and the, and the, and, and the, the it, damage is, is it's quite severe. It, really, three years, two years, it's, it's nuts. Yes, yes. So I guess, you know, there are certain... You have to be careful. It shows you that every Jew is important, and if he has a justifiable claim, it's accepted. We that's don't all. do this today. No, we don't. Have, we don't have. We don't have the uh, type no, of Besden for no this. Did, so well, they t- technically can, but it. Not, nothing is valuable enough if you can't enforce it. Okay. You can't make a law if you have a real Besden and they can really enforce it. Then we wouldn't have certain problems. Yeah, so
1: we have to know what kind of.
0: What's the we have to know what kind of level excommunication it is. They can't excommunicate him from shore or Libya or right people. It's just that guy. I'll never see. Yeah, yeah, but you don't. Uh, you still want to have shalom with everybody? Uh, what family member in South Africa would give a gift so they excommunicate? Yes, yeah. and did he give the gift? <laughs> that's the problem but you know if it only helps if you're able to enforce so okay they didn't give him an aliyah rule but uh maybe the guy doesn't even dominant <laughs> so he says, what do I care he'll care when he dies because they're not gonna bury him with all the other all sounds like the on your house yeah like yeah river, yeah yeah river, okay right. now let's move on to the next uh topic within this I'm a Ravuna. Ravuna says, what about when we excommunicate t- great Torah scholars? And we had one story yesterday already about that, but, Usha in the city of Usha, which was in the Galil, and that's where the Sanhedrin met after it left Yavna, they said the following, Av Bezdin Shesorach, if an Av Bezdin, the head of the court, the head of the Sanhedrin Shesorach, sinned, ain so we don't excommunicate him explicitly. We do, but it's done discreetly. Ela Omarlo, but we say to him the following: uh, We say he conveyed, maintain your honor, his and maybe stay in your house, okay. And this really is a quote from pasuk in Malochim. It was part of a reply to a message to Amatzia, the king of Yehuda, he sent to Yehoash, the king of Israel, against whom Amatzia was contemplating to go to war. And therefore, he said to him, maintain your honor and stay in your house. So the rabbis borrowed that term. And having respect for the Avbezdin, so they're going to say, you know, just stay at home. Okay, that's one. Or another shot is, hikavit means be heavy. So that the sages were in effect saying to the Avbezdin, make yourself like one whose head is heavy. And you got to stay in the house. Basically, it's saying, you know, just, just stay at home. Take it easy. Take a day off. Instead of saying we put you in chayyam, okay. So obviously, it it, it is a, a form of excommunication, but it doesn't come with all the front page headlines. Well, like I guess till he get wants to get it asked to get it released and does tshuva, whatever. But then What if okay after the first offense he does it again? Then we don't hold back. We explicitly excommunicate him because of the that's happening if he continues to serve in a high office of as the Avbezdin. Alright, so now, and that is And that is a problem, because this ruling of Rav Huna disagrees with what Raishlakish said. Rish Lakish says if a Talmud scholar sins. We never excommunicate himself openly, even a second offender. It's interesting though that uh, that that I don't know why the Gemara even has a question because Rishlakis just said Talmud He didn't say Okay, he was talking about a Talmud that's a lower level than an So I don't understand why the Gemara had a kasha at all. But anyway, he brings a proof from that. That you n- never do it publicly. Shanimar, it's a hint to it from Posegon Hosea. You shall stumble by day. And the false prophet who's with you will also stumble as if by night. And what does that mean, stumble by night? It means you must conceal the sinful leader as night is, which is concealment. You don't humiliate him ever. Okay, so they seem to say it's a machlokas, but I I don't want, see I see it's a big difference in the Talmud Chacham and in Av Bezdin. Anyway, next point, Marzutra Chasida Marzutra, who was very pious, Kimachayet Shamta. When a young rabbinical student had to get a shamta, an excommunication. So listen to this: a student of his. Baratha Shamta nafsheh, first he imposed Shamta on himself. What? If his student did something bad for the sake of the student's honor. Tos explains this was an expression of his anguish for having to excommunicate a Torah scholar. In other words, if he has to excommunicate a Torah scholar, he's kind of saying if there's, it's like um every Jew is responsible for another. He's saying if I have, if it comes to point that I have to excommunicate a Torah scholar, Smart, what yeah. kind what kind of a place am I running here? Yeah. What's going on? I must not be such a good teacher. That's what he's doing. And then for day, then he would put Shampta on the student. Can you impose a uh, excommunication once you excommunicate on yourself? Yes. So, no, I no, his think. question is different. Once you are excommunicated, can you excommunicate somebody else? Oh, I guess yeah. so. I guess if you're the head of, in this situation you can and remember we had the first case. Rish Lakish excommunicates a guy and then he excommunicates and he and he won because well really he wasn't But here it's the Tamah is going beyond the letter of the law obviously. Now what about to take it out? oh and when he would enter his lodgings for the night then Charlotte and he would release the ban on himself Run a D. Day and then release the ban from the student. Didn't want to have a night passing under Marsutra's ban. I guess he was kind of a softy. He would put bans, generally one day bans. Remember, we had arguments in certain places, seven days, one day. So he'd put a one day ban on himself, then on the student, and before he'd go to bed, he would take the ban off himself and off the student. Showing he's taking a degree of culpability. For things that uh, he feels that he's responsible for. Now, so now Gomorrah can deduce from the following. From that Umr of Gidlamarav. of Gidilamara, Talmud Khacha Minada Atzmal. Oh, there it is. So Talmud Khavan can excommunicate himself, Umay Fratsman can release himself from the ban that he put on himself. Okay. Umar okay. Rav Papa. Okay, Rav Papa comes along and he says li, Tay Lee may may reward come to me to I never imposed a shamta on a young rabbinical student. Okay. Uh, so there's a whole discussion. So what do you mean? What if kid was what if someone was suspected? Uh, but rather, Ella Ba Sanada Gemara s. Wait a minute, he called Mikhayv Trivanna Shamta, but let's say a young student is liable for Shamta. So if that's the case, hey it. so what to do? How did he do that? He couldn't reject every form of punishment. So what do you tell me? I never I never did it. What if he never did it? What if the guy has to have it. So he says, the answer is Kiha, he acted like the practice of Dibavrava, Mimnu Angidi Tirvana. For inheritance they vote to impose lashes. An a rabbinical student who sins, they would not impose shamta upon him. So Rav Papa did the same thing. Now, what's going on? Well, in Eretz Yisrael, they would avoid excommunicating a, a Talmud scholar as much as possible out of honor for the Torah that he represents. Now, interestingly, not not a factor when you want to give lashes. Lashes, believe it or not guys, is a less severe punishment the publicity generated by voting for a, a shamta um, is not so damaging as the student's reputation and the Torah's honor. In other words, they're saying lashes is less uh, um, uh, what do you call it? insulting or whatever than uh, doing a shamta because a shamta is a whole discussion. It's into the public uh uh knowledge so therefore it's lashes so if you give him the lashes you don't have to give him the shamta that's what he's saying i never i never gave a shamta because we would lash the guy before we'd even come to the shamta. i guess you see uh we would not think that way we would think whoa lashes is much worse yeah. but uh i guess you see that the, the shamta was something much more severe it's like they're saying like you're a despicable guy if you're saying we don't want to talk to you, that's, more, that's much more, it's mostly, more of a, it's an emotional, spiritual punishment than a punishment to the body. That's, a that's what we're saying. So, body, body's body. But to Mamish put him in Shamta, I mean, I'm sure all of us would prefer to be in Shamta sure. <laughs> than to get 39 do do lashes. But then again, we're not scholars. Like, these guys were like really holy people. So, if the holy people are making a mistake, they have to hit him normally, it hurts more to be in Shamta. Why? Well, you could say, for example, what did Choni um, HaMa'agal say? Remember, Choni HaMa'agal slept for 70 years, whatever that means, and he comes back and nobody knows him. Nobody knows him. Now, imagine the guy was learning in yeshiva, every day goes to yeshiva, every day has a class. Okay, imagine, guys, one of you falls asleep for 70 years. Okay, you wake up, you come back to the West Mount Westmont West Mount still here Okay. Uh, and uh a Mashiach should come before. And he comes here, is he where's Ramachal? Where's Sammy? Where's this? No, you look like Sammy. No, Sammy's great, great, great grandson is there. <laughs> so now one uh, of you guys comes says, I, I got no friends over here. And and, and then he died. Sorry. From from loneliness. More from there it says, chavrusa, misusa. either a chavrusa or death. So when they're putting a ban on the guy for for a real holy person. Now remember, holy people can make mistakes. People think holy people never make mistakes. <coughs> holy people make mistakes. So now they say, okay, you can't come to the yeshiva. You know, it's like, you know, it, it, in the old days, the I don't know if good or bad old days, if a bachar is really bad, the biggest punishment the yeshiva thought was, suspend him for a day. Now, I guess in Litta, if you suspend him for a day, that would be a punishment. Because he, like the whole self-esteem gets. Nowadays, if in Yeshiva they kick him, out, he says, great, have a day off. And go watch some movies for the reason I got thrown out anyway. <laughs> Whatever. So it's it's a whole different mindset. If you really are living and breathing Torah, and your punishment is you can't be with the Hebra, that's a big punishment. And he, he'd rather get lashed. So you get lashed, okay? That's five minutes, and you're back to business. So that's the difference over there. Okay. Now the Gemara just wants to know the nomenclature. Why do we use certain words in, Ar- in Aramaic to describe what's what we're doing to this people? And that's the first question. It's interesting. Only when we're finished with the topic are we asked, "What does the word really mean?" My shamta. What's what? The word shamta we are saying What's it derived from? Okay, what's... Well, that's English. <laughs> Umarav, maybe that's where shame comes from. Let's flip it around. But you're asking reverse. Oh, no. More of us the source of shamta. You're telling us the source of shame is shamta. Very good. So Rav says it's a contraction of shame misa. Shum. Shum misa. Death is there. Because it's like a spiritual death sham, so fast is Shamtah. Ushmuel well, Omer has a different derivation. Shmamah yeh. It will be a desolation. Okay. Now, what? Yeah, it's tough. Well, it doesn't have to be 100% perfect. It's just close enough. And Umahanye be Kitichya betanura. And this implies that excommunication affects a person. Like, oh here it is, like animal fat that is smeared on the tiles of an oven. In other words, the fat is absorbed into the sides of the oven and never oozes out. Similar excommunication has a lasting effect on the one who is banned. So it could be, maybe it's part. that's part of the contraction. You know, you have ta at the end. Okay, so you have two opinions over here. Upliga, and the Gemara presents another opinion, Upliga Reish Lokish, and Shmuel's understanding that it's desolation and that, and it's a long-term effect, that argues with Reish Lokish, who holds that the lingering effect usually leaves. Where Shmuel says, once in excommunication, there's always a residual effect to what happened to him. While Reish Lakish disagrees, I guess so, because he's quick to give excommunications to people. To amarish Shlokish, Kishem Shenechnas B'masayim, Ushmona evarim. just like a person enters excommunication with all of his 248 limbs, because he agrees it's an all-encompassing experience. It's not just your brain is an excommunication. Every limb is an excommunication. So when you get into it, your whole body gets into it, When you get out of the excommunication, it leaves the 248 limbs. Now, how does he know any of this? Where does he get this idea that shamta is like an all-pervasive thing? He has a hint to it from a When it comes in, we know, it says, When Yeshua, when they destroyed Yericho, he said the words, the city should be under Chereb. No one's allowed to come near that. Now, look at the word cheirem. What's the gematria of Ches is 8, resh is 200, mem is 40. So that's 248. So cheirem, the gematria, the gematria of our boy, the cheirem of that is 248. There's all the math over there. So therefore, a cheirem affects your entire body. It's on a person. And when the term leaves, it also goes out, it says like this, in anger, Remember to be merciful. Rachem, Reish 200, Ches 8, Mem 40. Mercy, that means like it's coming off the band, is 248 as well. So it goes in, goes out. The other opinion says it has a residual effect for the rest of his spiritual life. Okay, let's see how far the effect of a shamta goes. Amarav yosi, Shedei shamta agnufsasa de Kalpa. He said, cast a shamta on the tail of a dog. You can't choose body parts. I thought it was all or nothing. Now, da amta and it will do its work. That's a statement he said. He says, if you cast a shamta even on a dog, it'll work. What's going on? Who bans a dog? You'll see what the story is. There was dahu kalba dava There was a certain dog that would eat the rabbi's shoes. I can't believe I'm reading, I'm hearing this. But But they didn't know who it was that was inflicting the damage. They didn't know it was a dog. It's this guy making shtick, it's chewing up the rabbi's shoes. So So they excommunicated whoever it is. Is getting excommunicated. <laughs> Okay? And guess what happened? Itli wrote a fire caught on to the dog's tail and consumed the tail. What does that mean? Even though the tail is not one of the essential limbs of a dog, still it got affected. So those things are powerful. Okay. HaHu was a big bully. who was tormenting a certain rabbinical student. Also, the of Yosef so the scholar came to rabbi Yosef and Umar Le and rabbi Yosef said to him, Zil Shabte, go excommunicate him. It's interesting why the rabbi didn't excommunicate him. So what do you think the answer is going to be? Umarlei, he said, if I'm going to excommunicate him, Mistafina I'm afraid of him. He's strong, he'll beat me up for excommunicating him. Umarleh, he said, well, then tell you the next best thing: Shakili Psichale. Take out a psicha on him. What does that mean? That's a writ of excommunication, okay? So it's typically drawn up at the beginning of a court case for the defendant who fails to answer. So ju- so write that up. So, so that's not going to help. Call Now there's a- a real evidence, hard evidence. He's going to beat me up. Amelie, she so said, okay. Shakle, go take a writ of excommunication and Achse Bicati and place it in a jar. Write it and just put it away in a jar. An anonymous One second. And then put the jar in a cemetery where there's no people. So what's going to vote? So it comes to the dead will concur with the excommunication. At least the dead will excommunicate. And also, and blow a thousand shofar blasts into the jar for 40 days. Okay, okay. So another shot is band your hand on the inner wall of jar a thousand times, the sound will not be heard. Anyway, so he did that. Pukakata, the jar broke, umisalam, and the bully died. Whoa, what's going on? So the explains an earthenware vessel represents a human being. When it breaks, it's irre- irretrievably lost, just as a human who dies is irretrievably lost. Hence, by placing the writ of excommunication in the jar, the student symbolically gave it to the bully. The other acts he performed were also symbolic, putting the jar in a graveyard right, and loose to the bully's death and burial. The total number of blasts also alludes to the bully's end, for a thousand is the end. It's the highest number of all numbers in the Hebrew system, and 40 days of repetition is what it takes to create a human fetus. So, creating the potential to destroy him. So, now the question is, what's the relevance of blowing the shofar? Just a couple more lines when we finish the sugya. My, what is shippure? What's the significance of blowing the shofar blast? Shini fraimimen, because through excommunication, we exact retribution from the evil. Because the word shofar is similar to the word pira'a, which means punishment. Symbolic. My, tavra, what's the reason we blow broken blasts? We blow to to shvarim. Not regular takiyahs, but shvarim. Why do we that? Our Yisrael of Yehuda, he says, Tavre Batei Rameh, the broken blasts allude to the excommunication, breaks tall buildings. I guess it means, you know, casting people down. It causes destruction. Titania, for we learned, Amar of Shimon ben Gamlil, he said, wherever the rabbis set their eyes and give that look, that strong look, either they're going to die or they're going to have poverty. They're very sharp and precise. Their eyes are very tough. So it's saying there's no greater setting of the eyes than putting a cheyram on. And that's the end of the sugyah cheyram. We'll now go back to Nazar and Mitzorah and Novel. <coughs> okay.